Where the Whiteboards Are, a podcast by educators about all things education. Welcome back to another episode of Where the Whiteboards Are. Did you guys pre-orchestrate uh, this? <laughs> there was a lot of eye contact well, going it was on. The text it was the text messages. Uh, yeah. um, I, technically, I was involved in the pre-orchestration. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or at least I was complicit. <laughs> on this episode of Where the Whiteboards Are, we're going to talk about grades, baby. Grades. Let's talk we're about grades, baby. baby. Let's talk Let's about... about- A's and B's. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> that was nice. That All was good. the good things and the bad things that may bring. That's yes. so nice. That is 100% accurate. <laughs> okay. Can I just, I need to know. Okay. Because I'm an English teacher. Is it sunshine and rainbows to grade math? Oh. Oh. This is in an interesting okay. immediate direction. Oh, sorry. Is, I know. Because. We're just, very valid. We're just jumping in. Grading math is Fairly straightforward, but so the tricky part becomes like if you're doing partial credit. So let's say I have a test in algebra two where you may have a, an assessment, uh, like a chapter test or unit test that might be like only 10 problems because some of them are so robust. It's it gets tricky when you look at partial credit and you're like, okay, well, let's say this one question is 10 points. Where are all those points divvied up at in the process kind of a thing? So it is very straightforward. Especially the more you do it, you get really, really fast at it. Um, so you can um, get those assessments turned around. And, and it's a little bit, I should, well, I should say it's a lot more black and white um, than grading like essays and r- written responses, things like that. So, yeah. So are you saying it is the land of milk and honey to do math? Or, well, well let's be honest, it's PE that is the land of milk <laughs> and honey. Land of milk and honey. <laughs> So when I was teaching reg ed math, I was pumping out a crazy amount of volume of work through students. So it was fast to grade, but there was a lot to grade. Mm. I mean, we had assignments every day, probably 10 questions every day, class of 20, you know, um, six of those classes, you know, so that adds up to be a lot of problems that you're grading in one week. But you do things like, oh, if it's just homework, maybe we can grade our own trading grade mm-hmm. type stuff. I always had students grade their own. I didn't like trading grade, but um, yeah, it's definitely quicker than grading essays. So. Seeing my not smartest in the, in the peak of least teacher intelligence for myself, I was also doing like a daily assignment for yeah. ELA and, and grading it. And it just takes so long. Like Same. Wait, if, if you're not doing it, I, I feel like I've learned a lot about efficient practice and like how to make that better yeah but it's always really tempting to fall back into doing it the very thorough not efficient way well so in math like error correction is a big big thing or it should be hopefully where you're like okay students messing up in this process let's figure out where that error is happening so we can fix it um so if you're using something that automatically grades responses just to be super efficient that will save you time but you're you're not really able to correct um, errors that students might be having. You're not seeing, oh, they're having a reversal of these types of numbers or this fact and getting to that root. Um, so it's really kind of a, a double-edged sword of like, you can get really, really lazy grading math because there are programs that will grade it really fast or keys are really efficient. You can have completely automated assessments uh, depending on your assessment platform. But if you're never really looking at like where the errors are coming from, um, then 
you're not probably doing the best job. Right. Right. That makes sense. Full confession. I gave like two reading quizzes, I want to say last week and this past mm-hmm. week. So, you know, the previous week and then this past week. And uh, they were sitting on my desk. They were paper form. They were sitting on my desk and I was like, I could put these in the grade book or I could just slide them and put them in the trash can. Oh, yeah. And off they went right. into the garbage because mm-hmm. I did not have the time to grade pa- like specifically right. paper items. Like mm-hmm. um, I like doing things on paper because obviously there's not the ability to cheat, especially if we are writing about a book or, you know, these mm-hmm. were quizzes that were very, hey, did you read? type mm-hmm. quizzes um, just to kind of check and make sure that they were actually doing what they're supposed to be doing. However, I also recognize that I am only one human and I have to prioritize, you yeah. know, what, mm-hmm. what put, took the most effort. Was it the three questions that I asked you about your reading from yesterday that you did in class, or at least you were supposed to do in class, or is it the 20 essays that were just turned in? Mm-hmm. Um, right. And so, yeah, I definitely did that well, on Friday. I, th- I don't feel bad either. No, nor should – I think that's totally fine. Like, grading like that is almost grading as an accountability measure, right? Tragically, we're in a state where I can't trust you to read your book. Um, you know, you're supposed to. That's been well established, but that doesn't mean you'll do it. Um, so I ask you some questions about your book to motivate you to read it. It's not so much so like a check for true, like, knowledge or mastery. It's just like, hey, did you read your book? So hopefully um, the terror of answering your questions – and knowing you didn't read your book would be motivating enough to, like, achieve the goals for that quiz instead of you having to, like, spend all of your time Oh, yeah. That's, that. Yeah, that's kind of where I was at, too, with it is just kind of like, do I really want to read 68 of the same answer or something? You know, right. that was, it, you know, it only took them maybe five minutes to do, mm-hmm. but it's going to take me an right. hour to grade. Yes. Um, well, and for those of you who are hearing this and like, oh, well, I can just not grade things, I think... It has to be the rare thing to not grade because if it becomes a pattern of behavior, students pick up on it and then they mm-hmm. get, That's true. they know how to Ooh, game yeah. the system. For sure. I also think it has to be intentional. Like, what does this item actually contribute mm-hmm. to student mastery of whatever the goals are? And if it's something like that where really I'm just trying to motivate my students to read it, well, we probably don't actually need this score. Right. Because um, that wasn't, it's not tied to your mastery of understanding. Right. So. As opposed to, while they were reading, they had to do um, like a sketch notes thing. They yeah. had to just determine which characters are dynamic versus static and had some very specific um, elements that they had to put on their sketch notes that they all turned in. That to me would show a lot more as opposed to what truck did they drive in right. this yeah. book or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I do think for, especially as an English teacher, I do envy mm. mm-hmm. a lot of other subjects that are not so much reading based or mm-hmm. um, just like the essay aspect or even just writing every day. Cause like Sam said, my kids are writing every single day, whether that is a free write, a, you know, a book log, a, whatever it mm-hmm. is, they are writing every day and I've got to do something with them. So I think that let's go back to the land of milk and honey. I think art the land of milk and no. honey. So Siobhan, no. if you're out there. It's not, I so strongly disagree. <laughs> I mean, they just talk about like feelings and drawings. No. That's right. 
for That's anybody sad. who just thinks I'm serious, that is that is far from the truth. I don't, also, art is so subjective. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to fight with people over like, right. well, why did I get a B? And like, yeah, it's my yeah. freedom of expression. <laughs> um, I think the land of milk and honey for grading is facts. Because Ooh. like, if you made well, this. Well, milk and honey. Wow. So. <laughs> so true. But like, if you were supposed to make some cookies and they are nasty. You Obviously, use salt instead of sugar. Yeah. Or like you were sewing a pair of pants in sewing class and they don't fit you. Obviously, there's an ad- objective <laughs> indicator right. that like, sorry, something went wrong at some point in time. You can't get full credit. Or you were taking care of a robotic baby and it had its face smashed. <laughs> well, that baby is so nice because it just generates its own report of That's mistreatment. Right. It's That's like, right. this is how I was abused <laughs> through the course of my care. Thank you so much. <laughs> so here's here's the question. What should grades represent? What When you have an A in a class and somebody looks at your report card, what should they know about your knowledge or skill behavior I, I think it's i i think it's hard because in my soul i want it to be mastery mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. like i want i want it to be that kid can do whatever those skills are those standards that we're working with in actuality i think a lot of it is how compliant yeah. are you and you know yep i can turn in my homework yep i can read this book for 15 minutes or whatever the task is. Mm-hmm. We've gotten rid of homework in a lot of subject areas. How was how homework addressed in the math world? Uh, so before I left the first time, I did homework every day. I, for me to be better at math, you have to practice. Um, and I was probably a little bit more in, intense than I should have been about the amount. Um, but I would I didn't care if they used resources as long as they were learning you know like if it helped them get the answer because that was part of our process is like oh you're really confused on this you know what did mathway or photomath say is that how we're doing it is that you know because sometimes those things show you a, a different way mm-hmm. or a way that's maybe uh, more simple than what i'm teaching or, or whatever i mean we look at those different uh tools to to help us but now i still give homework um, especially the high school, almost every day. But I'm giving them a lot more time in class to do that, ask questions, get help. Um, but still some homework every day, for the most part, for the most part. I try not to give them anything over weekends, though. Well, and that could be like a whole separate episode, because something that I've been thinking about this week in particular a lot, like this past week, is how we've gone away in many regards from homework or regular homework, and then you go to college and it's only homework. Like yeah. you're, you're not working in class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, right. You're, you're getting information Read these in class. 300 pages. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, but that's like a whole separate right. other, other topic for discussion. We could add that to the list. <laughs> but I do think homework is a part of compliance. Like, did you go home and were you right. a diligent or a good student to get this, whatever that task is done to come in so that you can turn it in or sure. if it's an essay so that it can be peer-reviewed or that I can have a conference with you about your writing, whatever that is. Um, And so I think a lot of times for grades, it's more about behavior, just turning those things in, getting those things done, as opposed to, did you do it right Right. or not? So here, okay, truth moment. If you're a really good kid who's trying really hard, asking questions, going through the process, but just struggling, there might be times where I'm, you know, evaluating a test and you know 
okay, you missed this problem and I'm looking to see how many partial points you get, I'm probably going to give you more than you deserve because you've worked your tail off. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I want to yep. keep you motivated. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny that I I don't know that I ever worked in the opposite. Like, oh, you're really annoying. I'm going to take points away because I still no. want the, that kid to succeed. Yeah. But I want it to be uh, maybe more honest of their ability versus the kid who struggles but works really, really hard mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Oh, I yeah, absolutely. I have a soft spot for those kids. Mm-hmm. And I've I've had students that can't spell let's say Mm -hmm. and i give vocab with spelling and definitions and put it in a sentence and i actually this year was like why do i need to test them on spelling there's really no point anymore if we're gonna just have a i go back and spelling a a text you know Mm -hmm. at your fingertips i do too i this is the first year where it's just been definition and put it in a sentence Mm -hmm. they're doing really well at it um so i mean props Mm -hmm. to i guess that but also, they don't know how to spell it at all. But I've, you know, in, in past years, I have had kids that can't spell at all. That's fine. Can they use it in a sentence and can they define it? Perfect. Then I'm going to pretend like none of that spelling stuff happened and give them, mm-hmm. you know, the score. If it's, you know, if they got 30 out of 40. Okay, well, 10 of those were spelling. You missed all the spelling, but you did everything yeah. else. Now it's 40 out of 40 or whatever it is, like adjusting mm-hmm. that yeah. way. So with math. Like to go into the behavior part, my typical uh, grading kind of framework was homework was 10% of your grade, even though we would have a massive amount. I mean, we would have thousands of points of homework um, in, a, in a semester. That's only 10% of your grade. I wanted it to be practice. And if you're going to mess up, let's find it early and often. Um, and then tests were, I think, 50 quizzes were 30. And then I had uh, another 10 percent for notes. Um, so just by completing the notes we take together, that was an easy 10%. And I felt like, okay, for behavior, as long as you're learning, let's say you don't turn in any homework, you could still get an A. You could get that 90% by doing zero homework and perfecting everything else. But I also knew like in math, if you're not practicing, eventually it kind of outscales you. Like unless you just have some really natural talent with math. Um, you tend to get outscaled. So I didn't like promote that idea. But I did have one student my last year teaching as a freshman. He probably did zero homework. Mm-hmm. Um, and he maintained, I think, like a B plus all year. Like I, I know I always kind of teased him about this is going to be the test that gets you. And he always surprised me. <laughs> and was he, he in, advanced, in an advanced level of math or was he in like... It, it was algebra one. Okay. So he was a freshman. He's a senior now. And I still kind of... Uh, joke with him about it um, because he's the the rare student that picked up everything in class. Like he was engaged in class. He was never a behavior issue, um, but he didn't. He's like, I don't do homework. Like, okay, well, I mean. Right, that's just, your choice. Yeah, but quizzes, te- I mean, he still took notes. So he's still in engaged in that process, but it's such a rare thing that like, wow. Mm-hmm. I kind of like it. Like, yeah, kudos to you, sir. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah for right. sure. If you can, if you can do yeah. it, do it. And um, you're comfortable with the like, no, I'm going to take the lower grade and right in exchange for not doing this. Like, okay. Yeah, but then there were students on who were almost the re- complete reverse. Every homework assignment's turned in 100 percent on those, and then we get to the test and it's F, mm-hmm. F, and every quiz like and quizzes kind of led up to the the unit test. And to me, that was like, oh, this is a major red flag of we're using those outside resources as our only tool, mm-hmm. um, which led to some interesting conversations with parents. Yeah. 
Well, and that's the thing, right? Like you can use absolutely anything to check yourself mm-hmm. as an aid, but like if if all you're doing is being compliant and turning in your homework right. and you're not engaging with the learning process, like no learning is going to actually happen. And I would say that is more of the norm currently of like, oh, everybody's got a hundred on this assignment. Mm-hmm. Let's take a quiz. Let's take a quick little quiz just to see how we're doing. And I can give them like the exact same problems that were in the homework. Like, let's just pick. Oh, nobody got them. So mm-hmm. like, like, I understand what it's like to be a teenager. I was one once. What? <laughs> yeah, I know, crazy. <laughs> but like, <laughs> let's, let's buy into the process partially. Yeah. Um, and I, and we're, we're seeing some major gains with that, I think. So one of the things that I experimented with at some point in time was like this scale for what was an A. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really only ever did this with my English four class. So I'm sorry if you were one of my students in the year that I did this. Um, but like taking the best paper that a student turned in because English 4 was very essay-based. I think we wrote 11 papers at least through the course of the year. And so like taking that best paper and that's my 100, this is my A, and everybody else's work being scaled to that concept. And because like sometimes I struggle with the idea of you just did all the baseline things at a like the minimum expectation and that's 100%. So like where where's the acknowledgement for people who are doing above that mm-hmm. minimum expectation mm-hmm. of just like you just got the answer right versus like no I really put in time to like an authentic writing process and all of this other stuff um but I never did that with like my English 3 class where I would have seen all of the juniors and it's you're forced to be there um I only ever did it with English 4 but even now I still kind of like uh, I just think that the general expectation towards grading right now is my student did everything, so they should have an A versus, like, my student did everything, so that's the C. And Correct. then, like, when you do more, yeah. you go up into yeah. the higher levels. I had a science teacher when I was in high school that their grading scale was, if you did all of this, this is a C. Mm-hmm. If you do. And then he had, you know, in his rubric, how do you get the B or the A? And here's the additional things that you can you yeah. can do. If you want to be a, an A student... Here's all the additional things that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really appreciated that. Like, I kind of wish that that was how we graded or how we assess students. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, do you find, I don't know, maybe this is a new can of worms. Do you find that your standards as far as what an A looks like on, say, an assignment that you've given every single year for the past 10 years? Do you feel like your standards or your expectations or what an A looks like from the first time you did it to now? have changed. Oh, absolutely. 100%. In terms of student writing? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, how has it changed? I They've lowered, for sure. Mm-hmm. Now, something that I do want to, like, throw into that um, consideration is, like, when I started teaching, I was only teaching English 3 and 4, and when I ended teaching, I was only teaching English 1 and 2, for the most part. We right. had a separate class. But, so I, I am working with, like, younger students, um, but I, like, the the quality of writing, um, I would say across the board, has gotten worse. Um, not for, like, you know, you always have some standout people who are doing an incredible job. Um, but I would say on average had gotten lower. Um, and so it, it became some in some ways like your expectations follow to match. So instead of looking for, like, really incredible word choice and having that be a category on your rubric, it's more so, like, did we actually construct a paragraph? Right. Kind yeah. of thing. So did you see the results of her work with 
your students later on when she had the English one and two? When oh, de- I mean, definitely. Well, Amanda think, was in English two with me, right? Okay. So we planned together. But what was nice is because Sam had English one, right? She could say, "Here are things that I have covered with mm-hmm. them. They should be really, really good at X, Y, and Z." Um, and so that way, it just gave me more of a lens on okay, these are standards that they're going to knock out of the park. Here are the things that they're still growing with. And especially since English 2 is an EOC-tested class, I am really, really interested in that that data component yeah. of mm-hmm. how well are the kids doing. Because if, you know, I know that they're bad at a standard when they're in ninth grade, they're not going to magically all of a sudden with no help be great at it in 10th. Mm-hmm. You know, like there has to be some interventions right. in there. Um, so it definitely helped me have a much clearer understanding of how they were doing. Yeah. So currently, I think that looking at grade, especially like past grades from students, when they come to you for the first time and you have the ability to look at their past grades, sometimes that's the only data that we have. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, they had an A or a B or a C, and that should give me information about that student. And sometimes it does. Mm-hmm. Most of the time it doesn't. Mm-hmm. just depending on who their teacher was. You know, the the end-of-course exams and the state tests aren't really that reliable because students may not have any skin in the game. Like, if they don't want to do well, that they don't have to. They're not necessarily motivated to do well, and it would be great if they were, and that was really good data, but it's not mm-hmm. all the time. Um, so I'm finding things like uh, IXL, where it tracks kind of overall progress to be really, really useful. Um, so like you can look at that how what have they changed in the school year what where were they at last year and i'm thinking like long term this is really good data about growth of a student Mm. um and that's so much more impactful than grades like when students and i use it mostly in middle school when students are like well what's my grade and my first thought is let's not worry about our grade. Let's look at where we're like, where our progress is. Mm. And I, is it representative of the work that we're doing? You know, are we mastering all the skills? And I'm like, man, you've really like, we set goals. And if they've achieved those goals, I'm like, if we're doing those things, then your grade should be reflective of that. And so I'm trying to make sure that that happens. Um, one of my biggest frustrations when I taught before whether it was special education or regular education math, is my standards had to change with every class depending on who had them before. Mm. Like it's tough when you have a kid that's straight A's across the board, does everything you ask them to, and has had an A historically in all math classes, and they don't have the prerequisites to be successful like day one Mm -hmm. in in geometry. That's really frustrating because it's like, these are the things, here are the standards we have to learn but I have to teach standards two or three grade levels below. And I know that's, you know, common in a lot of things, but then that student shouldn't have had a, you an know, a. an uh-huh. A, but they're, they were in the same boat that I am, you know. Right. Right. It's just, it, man, it's tough. Cause it's like, well, I'm not really getting to all the standards I need to this year, but they've really worked their tail off. They've, they've done everything. They're asking questions. They're making progress. So to me, it's, yeah, we want it to be mastery, but in reality, like, there's so many more things that play into this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not that kid's fault. It's not the kid's fault that they didn't get the instruction that they needed. Um, and sometimes it's not like the teacher's fault. Um, I believe that it is a lot of times, but not always, because sometimes a good teacher can get a group of students that were um, just kind of behind. 
and they make progress, but they're not where they should be at the end of the year. Well, and I think too, like, um, I was pretty fortunate in my last school that I didn't have this problem a lot, but in the school before that, some of the results of that grade is parental overreach. Mm -hmm. Like if somebody is, you know, as a teacher, if somebody is hounding you all of the time about like every single thing that their student does and they expect their student to have A's because we're hyper fixated on A's and that's just what everybody deserves, uh, apparently, um, then like it's very easy to be like, I'm not going to fight with your parent all year and like, sure, I'll give you your nine out of 10 or right. whatever. Um, I don't think I really had that happen to me where I was at that level of just like, sure, whatever. But I definitely like I know people who have been at that level. Um, with specific students and specific parents where they're just like worn out from fighting about it. And they're like, sure. And I'm really, well, you know, like at the end right. of the day as the teacher doesn't harm me. Um, it harms like your student for future processes. Right. Okay. This opened a can of worms for me. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You just awoken something. <laughs> so I am being a math guy and the fact that I love a good spreadsheet. Um, it's one of the great things in life is it's just really it's good just really nice spreadsheet. Yeah, for tasteful. sure. It's tasteful. <laughs> right. Um, I would like in my mind, I wanted my class averages in math classes to, to be kind of in the seventies range. Sometimes it's upper seventies, right? Sometimes it's upper sixties, but that gave me like, this is where the average of the class should be. We should have really high flyers. We should have a bunch of kids you know, B's and C's and hopefully not very many kids and D's and F's, but they're probably going to be there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, really tried to work hard to make sure that, you know, I'm not under instructing or, or I just wanted to be in that sweet spot. I need to be mathematically perfect. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, but then I would, you know, I, I would look at other teachers and their averages. And if it's like an elective class, like I understand, like that could be your average of a class might be in the nineties. It's an right. elective you know, lots of things go into that. But then I'm like, you know, a core class that has an end of the year state assessment. There should be more <laughs> weight. Like I would think the averages should be lower and it would it would frustrate me. And I know I've vented to Amanda about this for sure. Um, when you pull some of these grades and it's a, a core class and the average is like a 92 mm -hmm. in every section, then it's like, that's tough because that A that most of those students have isn't necessarily representative of the same quality of A that they might have in my class or right. other people. Mm -hmm. um, and and it's, it, it would frustrate me, but then I would also look at some core classes where um, the average was like a, a 62. And it's like, whoa. Well, <laughs> whoa <there. laughs> maybe that's a, another issue. So, too tough. Too tough. <laughs> well, or just ineffective. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's such a complicated thing. Well, and I think that the issue with grading is that in most cases, it's always going to be subjective. Right. Like as a pre-service teacher, you don't get an extensive amount of training on how to evaluate or right. assess work. Um, and that was something that I saw more with like my practicum students coming in towards the end of being in the classroom was that they don't really know how to like quantify work into points. And they needed a lot of like guidance in terms of like, hey, can you help me by grading this? Right. And then they didn't really know what it was that they were looking for. Um, and so like having some conversations in terms of like, OK, if you're having a 10 point assignment, like what do those 10 points actually represent? But again, like so we can do that intentional process. That's still just the 10 points in my room. If they go next door to the other English teacher, his 10 point assignment is going to be based off a greatly different set of criteria because that's not like uniform or standardized in any way. 
which can be good, you know, like some autonomy yeah. is good, but it can also be bad in terms of that quality being reflected across the board. Well, and I can remember when, since both both of us taught English two together, I remember us swapping papers mm-hmm. and going, okay, I gave this a seven out of 10. What'd you give it? Seven out of 10. Perfect. Good. That means that we're looking for the same things. Yeah. And I think we need to offer more opportunities for teachers to to calibrate, you know, literally to calibrate their classes and go, especially if they're not the only person teaching that subject. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody else might be teaching English, too, in a vastly different way than I am, Mm -hmm. or even reading the directions in a very different way. So, like, I can think of the very first essay we gave for the first quarter, the other teacher that's teaching English, too, taught it in an entirely different way. Same exact prompt, same exact rubric, our essays looked entirely different. Mm-hmm. Mine were a lot more like a literary analysis. Hers were, were a lot more like real world application. I actually liked hers better than I liked the end product on mine. Mm-hmm. And it was 100% just the way the teacher approached what the prompt was asking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just to, to be reflective in that way, I think is really important. When do you have time for that? I think yeah. right. that's part of it. Like, yeah. I can say that all I want until I'm blue in the face, but when you have 80 to 100 plus essays to grade in a single, let's say, weekend, or you want to get it done before a quarter. Couldn't ends. be me. I've never graded essays in a weekend. <laughs> Just, <laughs> couldn't be me. <laughs> never. Have you, so there's this um, new kind of philosophy I heard about called tomorrow glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Inside you joke. You just put those on. Just put and those then on. you know what this is. As long as you're still wearing yesterday's essay. underwear. <laughs> yeah. This is the key. Yesterday's underwear. <laughs> tomorrow's, tomorrow's glasses. Um, I have that's seen. That's the sequel in the series. No, the, the, the way I, this is a, a totally different can yeah. of worms I do think we should dive into, which is to use AI to grade your oh, yes, yes. essays. Mm, mm-hmm. um, interesting concept. Um, I don't know if I ever would only do right. that. I don't think that that's maybe. But it'd be I a really use. way, a nice way to get like quick feedback because yeah. students want quick feedback. So that's and what I use it, it for. Um, so mm. what I've done it for are those kids that say, yep, I'm done. Oh, you are here. I'm going to do this thing real quick. Um, I use brisk. Mm-hmm. So if you've ever heard of brisk, it's awesome. The tea. That's yes. what, that's exactly where I was. In my I just head. pour it all over, <laughs> and it's delicious. Brisk. It's like a, an education platform <laughs> or whatever for AI stuff. But I can type in my prompt, and I can say provide feedback to student. I hit the Brisk app or whatever, and it will give them you know pointers. It'll say these are things you did well. Here's where I think you can grow, and here's what I challenge you to to add in your essay. It'll give them like questions. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Then that's one less thing that I have to do for that student that is already done with their essay, and we still have a day right. left of writing or two well, days left and you of writing. Have Twenty other kids in the room who need help just to progress. Yes, like either we're behind or just meeting our basic goals for the day to get this essay done on time. Yes, and you've got somebody else who's like, "No, no, I'm done," and you know it's not. To that it standard. could be better. Right. It could be better. Right, all writing can be better, and, mm-hmm. and especially. A writing that was done in 20 minutes that I'm giving you three class periods to do. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, I do think that there are some benefits. There are some things like that that can help with grading. Do I then trust AI to just pop on a score and say, sounds good? No. Because I know my kids. I know what they're writing. 
versus, you know, an AI is just looking at it as data. Right. Um, and that I wouldn't feel comfortable as like their score mm-hmm. at the end of the day. If I could put on my tomorrow glasses. Uh, excellent. But in, and honestly, I, I could see our state. But I do want to wear them. <laughs> right. Or other states, multiple states. Using that to grade oh absolutely state assessment the oh for sure time on state mm-hmm. assessments is already so abysmal. Yeah. Also, I'm convinced I this is not topical, but now that I have to call Desi a lot, I really don't think anybody works there. Like I I I'm who where are the people? Um, because I cannot talk to them. So uh, so Desi, if you're listening. We I, have some questions. I've tried for to call you. seven different departments. Not a single one has called. If me you back. ever have questions, I don't. I won't say her name, but the individual that is in charge of the alternative map testing, mm-hmm. she is super, super responsive all the time. Has been from the very, very beginning. Well, I haven't tried to. Call uh, well, I'm just saying, there's She's, at least one person that's I'm keeping glad somebody keeping works the in the building. On, so. <laughs> well, they have lots of openings for Desi too. Yeah, right now we have no math head. Well, Nobody's go. in charge of mathematics in the state. That, okay. Isn't that so great? <laughs> it's it's right. so I mean, the commissioner is on her way out again. So Part two, the yeah. remix. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's not really topical. I just um, I had to complain. I'm so sorry. But so, I do think it goes back to kind of grades and like a standard that we're holding our students accountable for. If yes. we're gonna If we're going to hold our kids accountable for something and then our own government, governmental body, yes. right? Our department that we have to answer to right like we are given tests at the end of the year that our students better score well on mm-hmm. that is directly linked to the money that we get to provide for kids that are out there and if they can't seem to figure it out or answer the phone that's a problem mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. we're doing a disservice to our kids if we're you know we're going to talk about academic excellence and we want our kids to be successful they can't do that if there's not a bad sense. Yeah, if there's not a better system in place. Mm-hmm. So I do think it it is all related, you know, if it, if we're going to give them a grade. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, like, because fundamentally in life, uh, Drew Carey, when he said the rules are made up and the points don't matter, like, so accurate. Mm-hmm. I, just as I age, I'm like, that is so true for all things. Um, but that means I think that teachers have to really strive to find, like, sustainable grading practice for them. Um, especially if you know you're in a grading heavy content area, um, that is so important to like your sustainability um, as an educator because you could spend all of your time, truly all oh, of your yes, time grading. Very much so. Um, and obviously, that's probably not what you want to do. Or you can just take that stack, throw it in the trash. That's They'll a good never thing. Never know. Okay, but like not doing assignments on the computer all the time, that's the other good thing. Because once they've turned something in online, they'll look for it forever because it's just there. Versus if you have to go back and add it in because it was on paper, they don't, I've never mm. had a kid put that together <laughs> yet. Just hopefully that continues. <laughs> if you're the one of those students. <laughs> the secret is out. Or like yeah. they noticed and didn't say anything, yeah. in which case, thank you so much. I appreciate it greatly. Grades are such a great area in education. You never know exactly what it means to the teacher, let alone the school district or department, the building, all the different things. Even when you transfer from building to building in one school district, those things could change. Um, But grades are always there. And if you're going to college or even in the uh, job market, you're probably being graded on some level, evaluated. 
Um, so we don't really ever get away from those things. This is a topic I'm sure we'll delve into more, but this was our way to just approach the topic in a very broad and general sense. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>